clock in, never clock out. No way with the slackers. No, no way with the slackers. No, 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 no way with the slackers. Clock in, never clock out. Clock in, never clock out. Clock in, never clock out. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Path of Revelation podcast. I'm your host, Gabriel Parker, and this is where the culture meets scripture. Listen, I'm so, so excited. I have a great show today for you guys. I just want to start out, though, by saying thank you um, to everyone who has been donating. Um, I've been asking for listeners and my supporters to donate at least a dollar um, to my cash app or our PayPal um, in support of me working towards completing my first solo project. And um, if you want to donate, you can donate to my, my cash app is Gabriel T. Parker. Gabriel T. Parker um, is the cash app and PayPal is path of revelation now at gmail.com. But listen, I just want to thank everyone who has been supporting path of revelation everyone who has donated so far it me- it means so much like i'm i'm extremely humbled when by by the support um that you guys have been showing um and i thank god for for just everyone who has been rocking with path of revelation um because we we take what we do seriously for the kingdom um i take what i do seriously and this is not a game to me like i'm not <laughs> I'm not doing this for fame. I'm not doing this for for recognition. Um because if I was, I wouldn't be preaching the gospel. I wouldn't be I wouldn't be taking the stance on different issues that that I take if I was doing this for fame and and recognition. I would just try to fit in with everybody else, you know. Um but but I really want Christ to be glorified and exalted in culture. And everyone who has donated or planning to donate or or just anybody who supports, period, you know, you guys help um, push the mission forward because my goal is to inspire and encourage you. My goal is to uplift and challenge the body of Christ for us to be who we're called to be um, in this dark and evil world. Like we need to stand up. You know, people need to hear about Jesus. People need the gospel. And so I thank you guys for supporting and and everything that you guys are doing. Um, Also, this show, I'm going to be dealing with uh, a a post that I made on social media a couple of days ago. Uh, Many of you guys have probably probably saw the post. I I posted a flyer that I made or or um, artwork that I made that said Christian hip hop and the Christian part was crossed out or painted out. And I had the caption on that post that says, this is what I see when I see CHH. Um, And for those who have no idea what CHH is, CHH is Christian hip hop. I said, this is what I see when I see CHH. And then I said, we won't be sought in light as long as we continue to covet the world's fame, money, awards, and what they call success. You can actually be a dope Christian rapper, but if you do not pay homage to hip hop, CHH will not embrace you. And so when I posted that, like all of my social media went crazy. I began to get a lot of responses from 
a lot of supporters of CHH, a lot of artists um, dating from God over money responded. And and so what I want to do, I want to dive into why I made that post and, and the heart behind why I said what I said. And then I want to transition that into the question of the question, how do we define selling out? How do we define selling out? And so I want to deal with that in the next segment before um, after we come back from the featured song. Um, but before we get into the featured song, man, I want to share a testimony with you guys. Um, listen, I didn't tell I, I don't think I ever shared this on the show back in January. Um, I was in a car accident where I was rear ended by a young lady who was texting and driving <laughs> and like I, I saw her about to like I, all I could do was brace myself um, because it was a car on my right side. I couldn't get go to the left because that was oncoming traffic. And there was someone who had stopped at the traffic light right in front of me. And so all I could do is really just brace myself. But um, it happened back in January um, when me and Matt were actually we were actually working on the peculiar and I was leaving the grocery store late night on like a Monday, late night grocery store run after leaving the studio with Matt. And this like I, I was so I was already tired from like work and handling my kids, dropping them off in, for, to school and picking them up and all of that. Then right off to the studio and then to the grocery store. So I just wanted to come home. I wasn't even going to go to the grocery store. Like, that's how tired I was. I'm like, man, I might just have to do this tomorrow. But we needed groceries. We were low on so many on on so many different things. And so um, I decided to go to the grocery store and I actually went to the grocery store. It was like 10 o'clock at night um, when I was on my way from the grocery store. And as I was driving, um, I noticed that the young lady was like riding my bumper, like recklessly, though, like. Like, man, she not paying attention, but I couldn't get over because it was a car to my right. And like I said, I couldn't go to the left because that was oncoming traffic. And so I'm like, dang, man, I'm, I'm stuck. <laughs> and one of the things when I drive, like one of my one of one thing when I'm dry, when I drive, I'm always looking in my rearview mirror um, because I've been rear ended before. Not when I was driving the first time. Um, the first time it happened, I wasn't driving. This was like years ago when I was like a teenager. I was like in middle school or something. And me and my friend, we were on our way to church for a play that we were in and someone rear ended me. And ever since that moment, every time I'm in a car, or I'm driving, whether I'm driving or not, when I'm in a car, I'm always very um, alert or cautious about the person that's driving behind me because I don't want to get rear ended. And so I noticed this young lady like just telling me really close. And like a few times when I had to hit my brakes before it happened, like she almost ran into me a couple of times. I'm like, man, she not paying attention. I got to get over. And so what happened was as I was driving, the person in front of me, uh, um, the light and the light turned red and the person in front of me stopped. So I didn't want to run into them. And so I began, I tried to slow, slow down 
um, like ease down as as slow as possible without just hitting on my brakes. So she didn't run into me, but because she was not paying attention, she just ran into my back. Like she just ran into me, and I and and I saw her. I saw her looking down on her phone when she did it, and I was just so angry um, because she didn't even hit her brakes. Like she just wasn't paying attention. Like she probably ran into the back of me going like forty five miles per hour. And so my back was already kind of recovering from me helping my father with uh, health challenges that he was dealing with at that time. And so when she ran into me, like I immediately jumped out. She was like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And I was like, I was just so mad, but I was calm. Like, it, it was nothing but God. I was like, look, we just go wait for the police. It's all good. It's all good. I'm not cussing at you or nothing. I don't want to fight you. I'm mad, but we gonna wait for the police. So when the police came, the police was like, are you okay? Do you want an EMS? I'm like, no, nah, I'm straight. I feel good. And so long story short, I ended up going home and a lot of a lot of my family and friends who heard I was in an accident, they was like, look, man, you need to go get checked out because whenever you get in an accident, you might not feel your injury right away. So I'm like, man, I'm straight. Like, I'm, I'm cool. And so... I, um, it, the first, the first day I was straight, the second day I was straight. And then like the third day when I woke up, like my back was toe up, like I can, I can walk, but like it was met, like it was, it was tough. I can't, I, I struggled doing normal things like picking up my son, putting my son down to sleep and, you know, picking up a, a, a quarter off the ground. Like my back was tore up and, um, and so my back injury, it it went on for like that for months, like all the way up until now, actually, like my back was just messed up. And so I ended up having a conversation. I'm going somewhere with all of this. Y'all, y'all know my stories have a point, <laughs> but I ended up having a conversation with some friends um, actually last week. And Jay, my boy, Jay will. Most of you guys know Jay Will. He's been on the show. He's featured on a lot of our music. I featured on his music and all that stuff. He's actually on the intro of the song uh, uh, of the show. We're saying clock in, clock out. That's Jay Will. But Jay Will made an interesting point in the conversation that we were having amongst our friends. And he said something that convicted me, like God really used that to convict me. He said a lot of times, like when we're going through stuff, we we pray God just let your will be done but really we're using God's sovereignty as ex- as an excuse not to have faith and I was like oh man that cut me like and God was like that's what you've been doing with your back <laughs> I was like yo I, and I thought about it the in, the accident happened in January and it's been eight, nine months. And the Lord was like, you never asked me to heal you. I was like, yo, I didn't. And so I just began to think about like, how many times do we use God's sovereignty as a mask to our doubt? Like, we use that as an excuse, like, oh, since I can't force God to do anything, 
he's just going to do what he wants to do anyway. But but here's the reality. Sometimes God, God, God wants us to exercise our faith. God wants us to ask. Ask for healing. He wants us to ask for deliverance. He wants us to ask. And a lot of times just us asking is a is an act of us exercising our faith in the fact that, hey, I believe that you can do it. And so for the first time in eight, nine months, I asked God to heal my back. And guess what, (laughs) y'all? This is the best my back has felt in months. Like I'm waking up out of the bed and I'm getting straight up like I'm not even having to really stretch or anything. And I'm like, yo, thank you, Jesus. And, And though my back isn't. 100% yet it's a lot better than what it was before like it's it's clear that God is doing something like he's he's healing me and has healed me and so I just want to thank the Lord for that man never never stop asking God for miracles in your life if you have sick loved ones or if you're sick ask God for healing <clears throat> and it's okay. It's, see, a lot of times we go on extremes. We take extremes a lot of times like, okay, from the word of faith side, we believe um, the word of faith. Believe, uh, believers believe that you can command God to do stuff and make God do stuff. If you sow a certain amount of money or you do A, B, C, and D, okay, now God is obligated to bless me. No, that's not how that works. But then there's the opposite end of those who are strong proponents for God's sovereignty. God is going to do what he's going to do. But that still doesn't mean that we shouldn't be exercising our faith. And hey, I believe that there are certain things that God will not do in our life until we ask him and and exercise our faith. I believe there are certain things that God will not do in our life until we exercise our faith. Like God ain't going to um bless some of us financially until we start managing the money that we have right now until we start being good stewards of the money that we have right now and 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 it, and so there has to be good management also which because i believe good management is also a, a way of exercising your faith and, and God will and i believe God will honor faith you know what i'm saying that doesn't mean that he's obligated to do anything and so and so I've been learning to take the posture in my faith and in my heart that hey God I believe that you can do anything and and I'm I'm asking you to heal my back I'm asking you to heal my loved ones I'm asking you to save my loved ones and listen I believe that you can do it but if you don't do it you're still worthy you're still worthy of all the glory and honor but God let me not use your sovereignty as an excuse for me to hide in doubt or walk in fear or walk in doubt. And, and, and so that's I believe there are things that and I know this goes against some people's theology because there's some of us that believe that God ordains everything and that it's going to be what it's going to be. But nah, there's stories in the Bible where God didn't do things because Jesus didn't perform certain miracles because of people's doubt. And so um, 
Um, they, the, the just shall live by faith. For without faith, it is impossible to please him. And so always look to um, exercise your faith. But listen, let's hop into the featured song for this episode. It's our song Closure, which is actually Matt's single off of our latest project, The Peculiar. Listen, if you don't have The Peculiar, stream it, download it now. But let's hop into Closure. Don't you get discouraged for a moment. I know the road you're on gets pretty lonely. I'm just here to tell ya Jesus never failed ya Don't you get discouraged for a moment I know the road you're on is pretty lonely I'm just here to tell ya I'm just here to tell ya He will never lie He will never fail ya You're feeling like you can't get past the surface Remember by his blood you were purchased Every day, I wake up quoting Romans 8 and 1. The odds of me battling with the scripture in my flesh is like 8 to 1. But I thank the Son. Salvation is wrapped up with what He done. I might set His enemy number one. We take it and run with the war done. How can a guy, yeah? How can the God strive with humanity when it seems what we're doing? Refusing to choose him and full of excuses and sanity. Tragedy, strategy, majesty, mad at me. Came to the king, I was stuffed, call it allergy. Open me up like I was a cannon. Dying for us, the ultimate flattery. Now let me preach. Let him preach. Turn to your neighbor, say you are forgiven. I want you to run to the finish line. Instead, you are living. Steady, tripping over past hurts, past pains. Not able to work out your faith because you're living in fear of all of your past shames. Let it go, let it go. Tear the walls down, Jericho. Yeah. Jesus is healing the land. Please hear what I'm saying. You stuck with your head in the sand. Just take a second, understand. Huh. We're a new creature, regenerate. Okay. All things made new. What up? The old things disintegrate. Yeah. Bye. Fill it. Bye. Fill it. Coming back. One. He could have displayed it across of a screen. All of your sins play like a scene in front of your team, as if it's a dream. All of your sins when it's point to your teens. But they got we serving a father of peace who doesn't require more weight but relief. All he wants is a people who will seek after his heart with no motors between. Let it breathe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He exudes with consistency, yeah. On the flip, we felt consistently. Bring your lead, see. I'm glad that he's not mad. On the job, not bad. Love chosen action. Death was that option. Thank you. The hardest part of forgiveness is forgiving yourself. Condemning yourself. Put those feelings on the shelf. From the sense that's free is truly free indeed. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Continue in a state of regret When you came to Jesus, he erased all your debt Tip of other Holy Ghost, call it blessed We serve a just king That's part of his title Side note, he could've went viral Eyes closed, but chose to die, so I rose Don't you get discouraged for a moment I know the road you're on gets pretty lonely I'm just here to tell ya Jesus never failed ya Get discouraged for a moment. No, I know the road you're on is pretty lonely. I'm just here to tell you, I'm just here to tell you. He will never lie, he will never fail you. You're feeling like you can't get past the 
So again, that was the song Closure from our latest project, The Peculiar. Make sure you guys go get that. But listen, I made a post on social media the other day where I posted the word Christian hip hop and I had the Christian part X'd out. And I posted it with the caption that said, this is what I see when I see CHH or Christian hip hop. We won't be sought in light as long as we continue to covet the world's fame, money, awards, and what they call success. You can actually be a dope Christian rapper, but if you do not pay homage to hip hop, CHH will not embrace you. And I said that because I feel like I said that because I feel like when it comes to Christian hip hop, just like any other Christian music industry, I feel like the industry or hip hop or the the platform or the culture has become more important than Christianity. Um, I see um, CHH making top 50 hip hop artists lists of all time. And on this list is full of rappers who glorify death or glorified death, glorified sin, sex, greed, money, and all of these things that are contrary to the gospel. And I know many of the artists would say, well, that we don't fit. We're just talking about the skills. And but when you do this in public and post it publicly, you're affirming it. People see it and think it's okay. And this is what Christianity is about. Christianity becomes one for for many. uh, Christianity uh, becomes that you can glorify Christ one minute and then celebrate the world the next. And, and, and so this is why I always talk about, man, we have to be conscious of our witness. We have to always strive to represent Christ in all that we do because people are watching us. But when I made this post, I had a lot of um, different guys responding like one of my um, fate. I'll, I'll read some of the responses to the post. One of my Facebook friends, Josh Jackal, said anyone who don't see this is simply blind. (laughs) Um, I also had, uh, let me read another one. My, my, my Facebook friend, Nigel Washington said, I, I can't agree on everyone. Like, in other words, there's some guys who are still holding it down. Um, my boy, Darrell Pharrell Williams, who is also a, a Christian rap artist. He said, that's all facts. The compromise is real. And then I had um, I had uh, Dayton from God over money respond and said, facts, bro. I just prayed that fans of CHH would support and encourage those that are putting the Christian before hip hop a lot more because the lack of support makes us wonder if our labor is in vain. And listen, this is. I'll say this, and this is, I'll just read what I said to Dayton. I said, Dayton, as the church, supporters and artists, we don't see our own value. I said, supporters aren't loyal because the artists aren't loyal. 
CHH media outlets and artists do just as good of a job promoting the world and secular hip hop as the world does because we've made them the standard in our heart. We're married to Christ, but stuck talking about our exes. And so I said this, I said all of this to say that because I had a, a lot of people disagreeing um, on the post and I'm looking for some disagreements just to kind of give you guys a balanced perspective before I dive in and give, um, give my full, my full perspective on this. I had a, um, I had, I had another one of my friends, Barney Morgan say, I think people get so caught up in sound. They lose sight of the reason of why they do this, which is to share the gospel. I agree with that. And then, um, I had another friend on Facebook, Delbert Harris. He said, I got my start before the term Christian hip hop became the calling term. That being said, the culture of hip hop will always be second. And if I want to be ugly, it can fall off the map. In other words, he said, I can just lose the hip hop title. The message is front and center. Rapping is like singing country R&B rock. No culture can own it. I rap for the kingdom. Amen. Uh, my boy, uh, Paul Goodson, who who actually just dropped the dope album. Um, he's a veteran in, in Christian rap here in Detroit. He said this status could be interchangeable to almost anything in society as it pertains to believers, even as far as the labels, no matter what you call yourself, you can fall in the trap of idolatry. What is unique about music and the arts is many times making a living off of them can prove difficult, especially in the Christian context. Then you add in necessary things like promotion, charging for services that adds a extra layer to an already complex situation. No matter what the label is, if your heart is not sincere towards Christ, you have a problem. And I agree with that. I agree with most of what he said. But here's the thing that I, I said on the post. And I'll, this will be the last thing. And this will kind of get into the meat of this particular topic of what I want to go where I want to go with it. I said, I believe hip hop is an idol for CHH. I honestly don't care about the label. Like, I really don't care about the label CHH. Like, I don't consider myself CHH. I'm a Christian rapper. Like, I'm a Christian, um, Christian rapper. I said, I honestly don't care about the label. I care more about believers being true and consistent to their faith. True and consistent to their faith. And then I had one of my uh, homegirls, Dominique Campbell. Um, she's a positive rapper now, more of a what many of the world will probably consider a conscious rapper, but she used to do Christian rap herself, but she doesn't do Christian rap anymore. She responded to that and said, do you mean hip hop being an idol as an artist desiring fame, et cetera, or artists desire desiring to be excellent in their craft? And I said, I think we should desire to be excellent at whatever we do. The problem is when the craft itself, money, uh, the craft itself, fame, money, and et cetera, becomes more important than Christ. So this brings me to the meat of the topic. And this is the question that I'm posing to you guys. And I, I want you to really think about this question. How do we define selling out? Like, how do we define what is selling out? 
Like, what does that even mean within a Christian context as it relates to us as Christians navigating through culture, navigating through our gifts, our talents? What does selling out actually look like? Like, how do we define selling out if getting away from the gospel and biblical principles for gain isn't? Like, like it's crazy because I'll use somebody like Lecrae. Lecrae and Reach Records, they come out and some people will disagree with this because they're like, man, well, they still have artists like KB who's boldly proclaiming Jesus and Trip Lee and, you know, Lecrae still talks about Jesus and, you know, uh, Tadashi, they, they still mention Jesus. Andy Minio, you know, he, he does more positive, but he still talks about Christ. And, and, and it's like, yo, this, this is not what it was though back then. Like there, there wasn't this vague approach to representing Christ. There wasn't this watered down approach to representing Christ because here's the thing. It's not, we, we act like, okay, let me, I don't want to get too far ahead. You can literally start out boldly proclaiming Jesus, saying you're unashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, Romans 116. And then you can build a big fan base and then issue a public statement, changing your mission statement, keeping the slogan unashamed, but redefining what unashamed actually means redefining what Romans 116 means where where once one unashamed mean being unashamed of the gospel and now when with the rebrand unashamed now means being unashamed to be who you are it it becomes about you and not the gospel it becomes about you and not the lord and 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 hear me we we act like the world you can be true to who you are in the world as long as it's not being true to christ like the world screams tolerance the lgbt community screams tolerance but really a lot of times i think when they're screaming tolerance what they're what they really mean is dominance what I believe the world really means is dominance because you can you can be true to who you are. You can keep it real to who you are as long as it's not being true and real to Christ. That's when it becomes offensive. And so a, a lot how do we define selling out? Because a lot of people I always hear like, man, just because you don't always have to mention Jesus to glorify God. And I agree with that. Amen. But at one point when we start compromising the gospel and biblical principles in our messaging for the sake of gaining a larger fan base, for for the sake of gaining a larger platform, like, for example, if one day I'm rapping about Jesus, pointing people to Christ and then Def Jam or Capital comes to me and says, hey, I see you have a fan base. I see you have a following, but we can take you to the next level. All you have to do is stop preaching. All you have to do is tone Jesus down or instead of pointing people to him on all of your songs. Talk about 
social justice issues, talk about um, relational issues and make some R&B songs, make some pop songs, make some feel good vibe songs. And oh, you can you can throw in one or two songs mentioning God, but don't make sure it's not preaching. And if you do that, I'll take you from selling um a hundred thousand to two hundred thousand records, or I'll take you from selling thirty thousand records to a hundred thousand. And 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 so what happens? These artists. It w- one of the things was funny to me about um, CHH, and I'll use CHH as an example. All of the top artists that CHH labels claim, or media outlets claim. The majority of the top artists don't even claim CHH like the majority of the top Christian hip hop artists don't even consider themselves Christian hip hop artists like they just consider themselves um, rap artists or, or, or just hip hop. But yet we claim them. It's, it's weird. And so. There, there is this dynamic and, and many of them will still profess to be Christians, but I would make the argument that their though their music may not be full of cussing and sex or anything like that. I would I would argue that even when they do mention God, their work isn't rooted in a Christian worldview. Their work doesn't speak biblical principles that point that actually will point to the gospel and point people to Christ. And I think that's the price of fame. I think, I think, why don't we consider that selling out? And I think a lot of times we don't consider that selling out because we fail to define worldliness. And that's why I talked about that on the last show, but we act like we act like mentioning Christ is enough. It's not just about mentioning Christ. That's like what the street preacher told Kurt Franklin. Uh, Kurt Franklin was like, did you not hear me? You said I didn't proclaim Jesus as Lord at the BET Awards. And, And it's not. Listen, it's not just about mentioning Christ. It's about the context that we're mentioning him in. For for listen, context matters. Muslims talk about Jesus. Jehovah Witness talk about Jesus. Mormons talk about Jesus. But the Jesus that they talk about isn't consistent with scripture. And so if you are a Christian artist um, and you're and you have at admirations and ambitions for fame and a bigger platform and you've taken that deal or you're per, you're pursuing that deal that will cause you to switch your message. How is that not selling out? If your stance and the things that you're talking about is isn't consistent with a biblical worldview now. We become more positive and we say things like, yeah, well, Jesus to justify ourselves. Well, Jesus was positive. Jesus was all about love, but Jesus wasn't partnering with the world. Jesus wasn't partnering with sinners to minute to do to do songs and, and share sermons. He was ministering to them. He was calling them to repentance. And so the context and in, in, in how we mention Christ matters. 
And so I, I really think we struggle with defining what, what a sellout is. And we, we say things like, well, we can't judge a person's motive. We don't know their motives. We can't judge their motives. Like, we got to be careful. We, we always want to judge people's motives. But listen, Jesus said, you'll know a tree by his fruit. If one day you're coming out and you're saying, I'm unashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And then the next day you're partnering with people who literally glorify things that are in opposition to the gospel that in latter in yesterday you said you were unashamed of, then you are compromising. When I begin to affirm the world, I am compromising. So we have to look at what is the world? What is the world? Second Corinthians chapter four. Verse four caused Satan, the God of this world. Satan is behind the exaltation of lust. Satan is behind the exaltation of greed. Satan is behind glamorizing murder. Satan is behind abortion. Satan is behind everything that is wrong with this world. Satan is behind it. The Bible calls him the God of this world. The Bible also refers to him, I believe, in Ephesians 2 and 2 as the prince of the power of the air. So he is making things happen in culture and all of these things are pushing in opposition to the gospel. All of these things are striving to steer people away from turning to Christ. First John chapter two, verse 15 through 17 says, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the father, but it's of the world. What is the lust of the flesh? The lust of the flesh is going. The uh, uh, Galatians five talks about the works of the flesh. The lust of the flesh are idolatry, fornication, sorcery, drug use, inordinate affection, homosexuality. When you when we see Christians start affirming these things, it's because they love the world and the love of the father is not in them. The pride of life. What is the pride of life? When you value your way above God, when you value your will, your life above God. This is why Jesus said, if any man will come after me, he must first deny himself for whosoever will save his life must first lose it. We have to lose our life to save it. So we have to lose the pride of life. He, the Bible says all of these things are not of the father. The lust of the eyes, the lust of the eyes is us coveting what we see. Us desiring um, the, the things of this world, desiring greed, desiring fornication, like all of these things. And, and what what I see is many of us as Christians. We mention God, but we mention God within a, a heart of pride. How do I know it's pride? Because we're, we're bragging on ourselves. We're talking about how dope we are. 
We're talking about how 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 we're how we're better than the next person and how how we murder rappers and how we eat rappers alive and how how dope we are. It's like Lucifer. We display characteristics of Lucifer and we try to mention Jesus. We try to mention Jesus to make it seem like to try to veil our pride, to try to veil veil our our um, arrogance. But he says, love, not the world. Romans 12 and two says, don't be conformed to the world, but be trans, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that by testing you may discern what is the will of God what is good and acceptable and perfect the world is in is the op is in opposition to the will of God in your life you cannot be a believer and serve Christ and serve the world at the same time and so i believe that we have to really begin to start defining what is what is selling out what is selling out if i'm proclaiming like could you imagine reading about paul and paul is like man i'm unashamed of the gospel of jesus christ and um and 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 nero who 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 mar who martyred um who killed who had paul killed beheaded what if Paul was like, I'm unashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, repent of your sins and trust in Christ. Um, and then Nero comes and says, hey, if you want a bigger following, you have to change that message. You have to stop telling people to repent. You can still mention Jesus, but just stop telling people to turn away from their sins. Stop telling people to um, stop telling people to uh, uh, glorify sex. Stop, stop judging people so much. You can still mention Jesus, though, and I'll give you a bigger following. If, if we would have saw in the scriptures, Paul make that switch and, 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 and start doing that, we'd be like, man, Paul was a sellout. Why do we give people a pass, though, when they do it and they were once considered co-laborers with us? Like we just give people a pass. And, and one of the thing, one of the. I think we do this for two reasons. We do this because some of us do this because we covet that success, too. We want our names great in the world, too. But I also think we we do that because we fear the opinions of others. We're afraid we esteem what pop what popular opinion thinks of us more than we do God. And, and the church has gotten to the point now where the world can't even the world isn't even really persecuting us, um, getting a chance to persecute us before our own is persecuting us. So when when like if I point if I start talking about, man, we compromise and man, we 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 switching up our messages before the world even has a chance to jump on my post and go at me. I'm having professing Christians in my comment section saying, yo. You got you bugging, you judging, you sound legalistic. And and we don't even realize legalism like preaching holiness and righteousness and striving to apply that to our everyday life 
is not legalism. Let me tell you guys what legalism is. Legalism is believing that you can obtain favor with God based off of your works. Legalism is believing that you can obtain salvation and be in good standing with God based off of your works. The Bible says that that's not how it works. Our salvation is by faith in Christ, not of any of our works that lest we should be able to boast. And so legalism is a form of self-righteousness that causes us to look to ourselves for righteousness. And so actually those who are fighting against holiness and those preaching against worldliness are actually the Pharisees. If we want to keep it real, according to scripture and use scripture, like the Pharisees were fighting Jesus. The Pharisees were fighting uh, his disciples. Why were they? What was their message? Their Jesus message was repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. We have become so so indoctrinated by the world that my concern is that the world has become the standard to us and just like i told dayton i don't we don't see our own value because we're so caught up trying to chase the world we think they have we we love they they have the bigger stages they have the bigger platforms and we and we automatically assume because they have the bigger stages and the bigger platforms that they're more talented than us. And so we make them the standard. And that's not the case. They're not. No, the world is not more talented than the than the church. A lot of times they just have bigger platforms because people love sin. People love wickedness. And so the world supports its own. And so because because sin and wickedness is the majority that's they will have the bigger budgets they will have the money to fund their wickedness and here's another thing the world is always recruiting people out of the church some of the biggest some of the top musicians and singers started in church They started out singing gospel music, but now they're singing songs of sensuality and sex and fornication and passion and lust, things not rooted in true love. Like Katy Perry started singing in the church. I think Whitney Houston started singing in the church. Like P.J. Morton is like a son. He's a, he's a uh, bishop's son. Like I can go through the list of of some of the most talented people who started singing in the church, but now they're singing for the world. They're singing about the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, the lust of the flesh. And many of us Christian artists and Christian creatives We look at their fame and we make the mistake and think that worldly success is automatically godly prosperity. We make the mistake of equating worldly success to godly prosperity. And if that's the case, why did why would Jesus say, what does it profit a man to gain the world but lose his soul every day? 
people are gaining the world and losing their souls. And we want to try to maintain that, oh, I'm a Christian, even though I'm selling out. <laughs> it don't work like that. Not every opportunity is a God opportunity. Perhaps denying ourselves is denying that big rock. Perhaps denying ourselves is denying that big record contract that you want. Perhaps denying ourselves would be denying getting affirmation from a Charlemagne to God. Perhaps denying ourselves is denying the next level or what we think is the next level. Because the devil is not going to give you a platform for you to preach the gospel. He's not going to provide you a platform. Listen, and, and I'm not saying that there won't be times where believers are put in positions like going to breakfast club and they represent like I looked at like, for example, um, no malice who used to be a part of the uh, clips. And he's born again. He went on the breakfast club and he boldly proclaimed the gospel. And I like what he said. I believe at one point in the interview, he's like, look, man, y'all probably won't like this. Y'all probably won't invite me back. But, man, we, we got to repent. Y'all got to repent. Like he was calling the world to repentance and he actually preached the gospel. That may lose him an opportunity or something. That may he may never get that that opportunity again. But see, we make a mistake of thinking that God needs us to be famous. We 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 act like fame empowers God. <laughs> and we use that as an excuse to covet and say, "Man, I'm doing this for the Lord. I'm doing this for the Lord. I'm trying to get to as many souls as possible." And 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 it never fails. The moment uh, a Christian artist begins to progress in their career and they begin to sign these deals with the world or or the or with major record labels, their message always becomes dumbed down. Their message always becomes. Um, their message always starts to lack biblical truth. Yeah, they'll mention God. They'll mention that they trust in God. But the main focus will be their emotions. The, the, the main focus will be like we, we just mix Christ with everything. That's why I said it matters uh, the context that we mention Christ in. There are people, for example, there are a lot of people who will mention Christ, but they're really glorifying their works, a works based salvation. A lot of people mention Christ. But their real focus is social justice and ethnicity and their political parties. There are people who mention Christ, but really they're doing it in the name of white supremacy and social biases. And so I can't just mention Christ, but I have to make sure when I mention Christ that he is Lord and that and that he is the answer to this dying world and that and that men he is the only way by which we can be saved we have a message that comes with this name so believer how do we define selling out 
We sell out when we begin to alter the message. The message behind the name. Because I, I said, and I'll, and I'll end with this. I said something in, in my song, in the song Steadfast. I said, I, I, let me read it because I don't remember my own bars. But it's funny because I talked about how the enemy has two goals when it comes to the gospel. His goal is to either alter the gospel or erase the gospel. Alter the, de the definition of what the gospel means or just erase it altogether. And I would submit to you today, the enemy is altering what the gospel really is today like never before. He's he's altering he's he's allowing professing Christians or those who are hungry for the acceptance of the world to still mention Jesus. But he's redefining it. What it really means to be a Christian. Riding on their ambitions and their hunger for acceptance. See, when you're thirsty for the world's acceptance, you you open yourself up to be used by the enemy. And this is why in, in my in the song Steadfast, I said they scream tolerance while they're intolerant, hoping you bow to it. Take the gospel, abolish it or greater accomplishment. Take the gospel and alter it. Make it centered around you. See the offering the prophet gets like we when we this is not about us. And so my my prayer is that we as believers stand firm in our convictions that we not sell out the truth of the gospel, but that we boldly proclaim the name of Jesus unapologetically and be willing to say no to the offers of the enemy offers from the world that we stay rooted in Christ. Listen, if you guys have any questions or any comments about anything you've heard on the show, feel free to go to pathofrevelationnow.com. Write in, send your prayer requests. Love to hear from you. Listen, if you want to donate to Path of Revelation, you can donate to my cash app, Gabriel T. Parker. You can also donate uh, via PayPal, pathofrevelationnow at gmail.com. Listen, thank you guys for tuning in. This and, and this is the Path of Revelation podcast, and this is where the culture meets scripture. Mm -hmm.